Mansell with HJ Sports, and today we're going to go over our new sites within the Tetra line for 2022. So new for 2022, we actually came out with a new way to mount your scope housing to the infinite adjust bracket. No longer do you have to worry about your vertical adjustments uh, intertwining with the second axis adjustments. So as you'll see on the scope housing, uh, there's actually an additional brick. You can either mount that to the inside of the riser or to the outside of the riser. We recommend that for most traditional bows, you mount that to the inside of the riser and for any sort of sight that you're gonna mount in line with the bow to use the outside. Just flip that around um, and mount it to the outside of the riser. So within each of the product categories, we have the Tetra Max, the Tetra, and then the Tetra LT. As always, our Tetra line of sights come in four different scope housing size options, an inch and three eighths, an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarters, and then also our four pin housing, which is an inch and three quarters. We also offer a 10 thousandths pin and a 19 thousandths pin for both single pin and four pin options. On the Tetra itself, we once again have micro adjustments as well as your macro gain adjustments for left and right. For your vertical adjustments on your Tetra bow sight, you'll want to use the screw right here on the infinite adjust rail and the screw below that. You'll just loosen those and slide it up and down. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra bow sight is the integrated scope ring that has a built-in level. Another key feature on the 2022 Tetra site is the ability to take a 2500 blue burst light. This is an added on accessory, but you can actually put that on there to add light to your pin or to reduce light. With that, we also have mechanical rheostat, which is an exclusive feature to HHA on the Tetra line. You'll be able to turn in the rheostat if you want to dim the light, and then you'll also be able to turn it out if you want to let more light in. Also on our 2022 Tetra line bow sights, the Tetra comes in either a fixed frame, our Hunter Edition frame, or it comes on a four to eight inch adjustable dovetail. All HHA products are 100% made and sourced in the USA, and they carry a 100% lifetime warranty. For any more questions, please visit our website at www.hjsports.com. Hello, we're at the ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed. Uh, in flight, it's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. 
Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. Folks, thank you for tuning in to another Bucks of America podcast. Um, my name is Jeff Ants. I'm your host. Tonight's episode is, is going to be a little bit different. Uh, the the it's going to be with uh, his name's Travis Mesrel. Now we connected through Facebook and Instagram, and we it's just one of those things we just kind of add each other, and then as things popped up in our feed, we started looking at ways to connect. And the first thing was, was over paintball. And we're like, those who know me, I've been playing paintball since 1997. So I got a lot of years underneath my belt of playing in the ins and outs of the world. I've been hunting since the nineties. I've been traveling across the country. We both have this, this nomadic lifestyle. And uh, before we hit the, before we uh, hit the ground running here, I wanted to go over the hat of the episode or out of the week is from toxin app it is an app that was founded here in wisconsin that is designed to reunite people that want to find something to do they want to be able to put the archer and the club or the field together so this way if you're traveling around if you're going from illinois to wisconsin or vice versa all the way down to florida it gives you an opportunity to open it up pings off your location and it works with uh, what's around you and such, whether it be a 3D archery or some type of event. I know they they partnered up with the HHA USA event along with R100 and several other ones, even the BMAC games. So those of you bored on a Saturday or Sunday and you want to go shoot your bow and you want to meet some new people and not be a competition, this is a great way to do it. So Travis, man, Travis, it is. It's it's really nice to get a, get to actually meet you face to face and actually hear your voice because I can I, hear you, you're 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 a comedian because it's like your posts and stuff like that. When we especially get back and forth about um, good old uh, Brandon and stuff like that, it's always fun to look at everything what we have that common and such. But you, oh, yeah. some of the memes you post are just absolutely hilarious. It's like I love this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm I super like being you know business like and I take things professional, but you know I'm just I love America you know, as we all should, and come from a military background, and, you know, I see all the BS that's going on in the country, and I just try to, instead of being political all the time and serious all the time, I just want to be funny and post some stuff to make people laugh and forget about all the stuff that we can't control, right? Because there's a ton of shit we can't control. So, just want to have some fun, and, you know, I, I try not to hurt people's feelings, but, you know, it is what it is. You got to have a thick skin. I mean, there's stuff that I could get upset about, but I just let it roll off and just whatever, you know? that's the unique thing about the people that have gone through suffrage. You know, it's like you, you, you've gone through hell and back and it's like, you know, I have a, a motto where it's, it's the five second funeral. It's like, I will deal with it within five seconds and I'm over with because you can't dwell on resentment or jealousy or any of that stuff. Cause that just eats you away. It takes away from your, your attitude. And it's also comes down to your mindset because what you say and what you think can turn, become toxic to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Puts you in the wrong direction or down a downward spiral. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the biggest thing, especially in these days, this day and age, with the amount of all the different foods that we eat and different things, different environments we're in, and that can get you sick. And just in that whole that whole process, and we don't want to be that way because like we live 
for the, the we love we live for the day to be present and the future is a gift and the and the past is our lessons you know so travis man why don't you tell me about you uh, it's like this is this is getting exciting for me because i get to learn who the man the myth the artist is uh well it's funny ever since i was a little kid i knew i was going to be a graphic designer i just always looked at logos thought about, oh, I don't like this the way this logo looked. I would change it this way or that way. And I just, ever since I was, I bet you I was eight, nine, 10 years old. I just knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and when, when I graduated high school, um, I went to a two-year college, uh, worked for Auto Trader in Dayton, Ohio for a couple of years. And then I owned my own business for 20 years, with me and my brother. Something a little different, we had a tanning salon. Me and him ran a tanning salon together. Um, it was his idea. Um, still did marketing and design work and stuff on the side. And then uh, then when he wanted to get out of that, uh, he moved to Florida. My parents moved to Florida. He moved to Florida. I stayed in Cincinnati. So then I just focused on more of my design stuff. Um, and at the time, my uh, oldest son played, started playing paintball, 15, 16. And he would tell me about the jerseys and stuff he'd seen at the field. So I played on, you know, in uh, Illustrator, made some designs, and he's like, "Dad, you ought to post those on on Facebook." And then it just it just kind of blossomed from there, you know. And I started playing paintball and fell in love with the sport. And I work, I've done a ton of work for Planet Eclipse. I worked for Virtue. I've worked for probably almost every major company, or have done some design aspect or work for HK Army, and you know, companies in England, Russia, South America. South Africa, I mean, all over the world. So it's, it's been fantastic for seven, eight years of design work in the paintball industry was ecstatic. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent, man. It's like, I, it's, I've probably seen you work and now I actually get to see the artist behind the screen. It's the, some of the stuff that I've got to, to experience. I got to see the evolution of the auto mag and the auto cocker and moving into the Bob Long and, and the angel markers and such, and then moving into Planet Eclipse and all this, all this new evolution and stuff. And it's like, you can see, but now it's interesting is that the nostalgia is coming back. I'm seeing auto cocker sell for like 1700 bucks. It's like, come on, but there's a market for it. And I can appreciate that. And then it's going to have its peak drop back down again. And the price and the, the parts are going to be cheap again. Now I never really got to play with any of those older guns or, you know, and I, I appreciate the evolution. I think it's fantastic. But I think when I started playing, there was a die, I think it was a DM eight, seven, eight or nine. So I wasn't like that far back. So, but then I did it. I've designed, I don't know, 15 or 20 different guns for um, planet eclipse. They artwork like for pro players or pro teams. So, I mean, and my big thing is like I had five or 10 guns when I played. So I love PE guns and I love Lux DLX. That was like, which was smart parts back in the day. So those are my two favorites. I mean, never went wrong with either one of those, you know? Oh man. It's like when, when I got behind a, a Lux for the first time in the, in the, in the year late two thousands, that thing just rips. And it's like, I got to play it a couple of times because I was a, I was a umpire for Ford Adobe paintball complex. And it was, it, it started oddly enough in the peak of the recession and it lasted all the way up until 2017, 2018. I have no idea what may have happened, but it's two brothers that got together. They traveled around the country to figure out how they wanted to set up this paintball field, how to be different. Um, they got AstroTurf, one of the first places one of the, like in that area. And so it made it one of the premier places to come play. I mean, we had people from California, Nevada, uh, Utah come down over from, even all the way from, uh, 
uh, Texas, New Mexico and stuff, they want to come over and check it out. And it's like, I was the ref for the first year and I really set the pace for it and got the, got the going because I was passionate about it. I was addicted to it. I got to, got to really create that excitement to that drive for people to do it. And I still love it to this day. I, I'm now more of just a ref than anything else, but I'll still get out there and ball. I currently still have nine markers. Yeah, nine markers right now. Yeah, I, I, it's one of those things where I just I don't want to get rid of it because the cool thing is I can put a five man team together real real quick. Sure, you know we can we can buy two thousand rounds and last the entire day. Yeah, I miss I do miss playing. I, you know, in my playing days, I'm not that I was pro or anything. I didn't want to play D43, but I played for a team in Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and then I played for a team out of Texas. So, you know, and it was a great time. That's when I started working and doing. I got out of playing because I was so busy. You know designing event shirts for the PSP and doing stuff for Planet Eclipse. And then Virtue asked me, hey, you want to come on? So then I would, you know, work from them from my home. And then I would travel to the events and set up the, the Virtue tent and, you know, hang out. And, you know, it was great. It, Virtue was probably the funnest job I had because I was there in development when we brought Tampa Bay Damage back out. After they left from die, we brought them back as a Virtue team and we, you know, gave them a whole new look. So I was involved in that. And then product development, bringing pads out and, you know, gear bags and the pods we developed. It was really cool. It was a whole. That is, that yeah. is pretty sweet, man. Yeah. You got you to gotta appreciate all that fun stuff. Cause now it's like you get people that will hear this stuff. Then when they listen to it, they're going to gain a whole nother appreciation for the whole sport. Cause how everything is molded from the, from the woods ball from back in the er, late eighties, early nineties to what it is today with people never thought it. And it's oddly enough. It's like, people don't know this, that Dick Clark actually owns the rights for PS not, is it PSP or is it UPPL? I know it's one of the ones because he, he he helped them get onto ESPN. They needed a big name to bring it there. This is at 2004, 2005, when, when paintball was at its all, what is it, I, th- I thought it was at its, its peak, its all-time highest. And then a few years later, then we had 2008 hit, the economy hit, and it just sent everything in the in the depths. And I live in Phoenix, so that place, the Southwest, just went belly up because of all the uh, the predatory loans. Now, the funny thing is there's a, there's a documentary coming called The Con, and it's like – they all knew it. They did it on purpose. They created this vacuum to on purpose and everything else like that, just to, to pad their wallets. And it's very, very diabolical, very evil. And it's like, the worst part is they, all those board members are walk scotch free. They got, they walked away. Go figure money talks, right? Oh yeah, exactly. It's kind of why like I have a buddy of mine that we're going to get together. We're going to do a podcast called after dark and it's strictly about going over spoiler alerts. So how everything we're told, how everything that uh, Alex Jones was talking about back in 2000 and 2019 and 2020, it's now it's all that stuff's coming true. And the worst part is like those who got the pandemic shot are starting to come back with testing positive for syphilis. And some of them came back testing positive for AIDS because it's the, the way they spliced it in there because they wanted to make sure that it will destroy your immune system to maintain you as a consistent customer for the rest of your life. I'm good. I'm not getting no jab. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's exactly. Lord Farquaad can go suck an egg. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I mean, it's. I think it's our our uh, right as American citizens. I don't even get a flu shot. You know what I mean? So I, you ain't going to make me go do something. I mean, come on. That's crazy. To me, by you pushing that on us, that just tells me it's bad news. Exactly. So with all your with all your travels, with all the paintball teams you've been with, like, what are some of the coolest guys you got to play with? Just honestly, not playing as much. I mean, I met a lot of great guys. Don't be wrong. 
just being there and walking around was cool because, you know, all the players, the camaraderie is really cool. And obviously I only played D43, whatever. So I wasn't really that good. I just did it for fun. I knew at the age I started playing, I wasn't going to be like my buddy Thomas Taylor, you know, or, 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 you know, Ryan Greenspan or any of them guys, you know, go pro or whatever, which is fine. That's fine. You know, I grew up in Ohio, so we, we BMX race and did other things. But, but when I started working for the industry and then I was at all events, I could meet all the players, which was super cool. You know, I met David Baines and, you know, I'd meet the teams and the coaches. I mean, like I said, Thomas Taylor is one of my best friends. I met him through paintball and he's a great dude. Love him to death. We still talk on the phone and, um, yeah, there's just a paintball is a great sport. It's a small niche. So a lot of people stick close, you know, so. Oh yeah. There's, yeah, I think the, the, the most fun I ever had was, was, was working with uh, B Paxton and uh, Greg Hastings. It was part of the St. Jude's. It was um, uh, Minnesota paintball. It was there in Lake, Lake, Lakeville, Minnesota. And they, there was a charity event that went on since like 2012. And I caught in, I got involved with it in 20, 14 or so. And that took us all the way up to 2017. What it was is that they wanted to raise enough money for St. Jude's to build a, get some nice, really good um, technology for heart stuff for St. Jude. And they also want to get a transport bus for the kids and stuff like that to do to, to, for, for emergency situation, like much higher end than a, than a typical ambulance would be. And their goal was to get a quarter of a million dollars, like 250K was what they needed to hit their goal. And that took six years to do it i was part of it for four and the the people that they brought into it was a lot of fun and it was just exciting and it's like i still remember some of the the horse the battle stories that i had like there was one time where i got dome rocked and which means that for those who don't know what that means i, get, I get, just got hit in the head and it was a hard paintball and it, it didn't explode but it was hard enough to really like get you going i went on a shooting spree i, I ended up knocking out 17 18 people before the, before that match was over, because the way they ran it, they did matches for a certain period of time, and or or your point threshold was met. So this way, that it just kept the gameplay moving consistently, which I appreciate with the, the the game developers with the whole process. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I just destroyed people. And this was just a pump gun. I shoot pump guns, so it's like, and I still I still have semi autos too as well. And but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like I got involved with it with a buddy of mine. His name is John Logan. Now he's played D D. D4, D3, and D2, I believe. Played for CP Parts out of um, uh, Mesa, Arizona. Uh, he ran for Arizona Pump and Dump as the, his pump team and stuff like that. And he was kind of like the driving force to get into it. And then I got a high-end marker for that for that, for that that particular caliber. And just being around with that level of um, of uh, players, like just high-end stuff, you, it just, it just, it just, you watch your, your, your techniques and your game just increase and also spending a lot of time watching uh, the DVDs back then. Cause YouTube really didn't have a lot of tutorials. So it's like, that's where I spent a lot of time learning how to snapshot roll, tucking the chicken wing, all that fun stuff, man. I get bored. I get bored and watch it. Or I would get my, uh, when I had my uh, Bob Long intimidator, I would sit there and put on a movie and I'd sit there and I'd have the gun in my hand and I'd switch from both hands, play with my left hand, my right hand, just working the trigger and get it. And, and the nice thing is like all of them had um, LED screens. So it's like, you could find out what your ball count was. It's like hitting that 16 ball, um, that 16 balls per second is a, is a, is a milestone. Cause that's a lot of paint flowing real quick. For sure. That's like when I played for uh, North Texas shockwave, I was not fast enough as some of these younger guys. So I would play the back. So he would load, they would load me up with pods and he would tell me, he said, when you come back off the field, I want all your pods empty. So I would just come out of the break and just sit and dumped. You know what I mean? Dumped, 
all day long. That's how I was too. I was a back player too, man. That's like, I would carry a thousand rounds on me easily and such, and just, just launch and paint. And then the biggest thing as you can relate to is as a back player, you have to be, have, you have to have a powerful voice to carry over all that, all that, all that whapping, you know? And so this way you can call it moves and stuff like that. D1, D2, D3. So this way you can get people to bump up and move and, and close and close the game. It's like, it's a, it's so much fun. Cause it's like, I used to, when I used to rep and like, it, it was a slow day. And so like, I would just take kids out there. I'd take kids between oh, 10 to 15 years old. And they, and I'd watch, I'd pay attention to who's losing all the time. I was like, I'll grab a bunch of kids. Like, Hey, we're going to play. And like, we're going to beat these guys. And just, I'd be in the back. And it's like, I just tell them to move. And it's like the, the glow on their face is what is allowed to, to maintain that, um, that loyalty to the field because it's like people play to for the atmosphere and the game control and it's like and then i then i left and i moved back up midwest but uh i still i still ref to this day it's a good time yeah i played it i used to play all the time at a uh, paintball country in hamilton ohio it was a fantastic place have you ever have you ever had a chance to step foot on pevs they're over in uh virginia i believe over by norfolk that's the pevs paintball has been around i've heard shit. of it yeah They've been around since the eighties and it's like, it was one of my goals to get that field and step foot on that play and such. And that was, it was a good goal to achieve. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, I played, like I said, I played PSP for two or three years. I went to Maryland and played. Can't remember that field. I'd go to cousins in Dallas and played there all the time. Cause I know the owner Jed, I mean, but, and then been to Chicago, obviously played world cup numerous times. That was a lot of fun, you know, down in Orlando or whatever. Um, it was at Flight of Fantasy when I played. Now it's in, I think, Kissimmee, the NXL. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I pay attention to when it comes around and such, just to kind of see if I can find, watch it online or see who's going to be per, participating there. Um, my, one of my fondest, fondest memories when Phoenix got the Phoenix Open in 2009, that was, a, that was the beginning of it all because it was we, – we took over the University of Phoenix Stadium parking lot because it's the only place to be able to have the amount of people do it run – six fields is it four or six fields consistently and getting everybody because it's like it's phoenix it's gorgeous out we're running in february so it's like everybody was there ready to play and such and i was part of um uh, phoenix um mutiny phoenix mutiny was, was our team and stuff like that and uh, we're just watching these guys play their hearts out and stuff like that and they're just seeing the 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 look on their face when they when they knew they messed up or the what the communication wasn't there and stuff but it's still d4 ball is still fun no matter what level you're at that d1 though but that is insane it was always fun paintball was always fun for me you know you know you get mad at yourself because you should have done this or that but that's anything you do you know so but it was fun though one of the best ones watching them how to cheat like at a professional level it's like you watch those guys get hit in the, in the regulator in the front and watch their hand come around or wrap it to smear that paint real fast uh, I've, yeah. seen, I've seen a lot of videos where people wipe so they do it at all levels i don't care what they say i've seen i watched pro matches and seen cup them guys wipes whatever you know it is what it is right if the ref didn't see it, it's perfectly legal and stuff like that and that is how it's going and like the my favorite ones are when guys would tell them like hey check check me real fast and you're running in and you got paint flying by and if something like that's like geez i've been i've been struck and there's not a there's i don't think there's an inch in my body that hasn't been hit by a paintball and that's inc that's including the tape too man so you don't know fucking how that happens but it happens <laughs> yeah, you drill it, yeah so yeah it, yeah that's why i tell people like does it hurt why do you do that i'm like the adrenaline rush oh yeah i will take paintball over airsoft any day oh absolutely that's the worst. That's one of the, if you think of cheating is bad in, in paintball, it's like, that's even worse because it's like, you can't see it marked it unless you hit them in a soft spot. Yeah. See, I've never played here. I never was 
airsoft never really did nothing for me. I mean, I'm not knocking it, but you know, paintball was like, if I'm going to play something, you know, I'm going to go out and shoot. I want to shoot ropes. I want to see some paint flying, you know? Oh yes. Oh yes, exactly. But you're going to appreciate this story. So back in 2009, my buddy bought a CCM pump marker out of um, Ventura, California. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they make, they are the cream of the crop pump markers. And it was, it was, he, he goes stolen out of his vehicle. Somebody bust the window, stuck it right out and stuff like that. And uh, that's, that's, that's his mistake of leaving his paintball. So I've had my shit stolen too. So I can't uh, uh, give him uh, shit for that, but the heartwarming story I'm getting to is that this past weekend, people found a group of our friends that I don't talk to anymore, but we still were biggest Facebook friends and they found it on eBay. They bought it and they gave it to them. They bought it off of that because it's like by that time it's already changed hand a couple of times. So the culprit that stole it, there's no way of linking it back to him, but uh, they ended up, he ended up getting it back this weekend. And like, I, it, that is a uh, pretty sweet that his friends that had that, pitched in the money and bought it back and gave it to them. Yeah. Cause CCM's not cheap. No, it is not. Especially they're, they're high quality parts, you know, but you know, when you look at like anybody listens to my podcast, we all have gone through starting off cheap and then we recognize why we pay the extra money for a higher quality, whether it be a bow an arrow, broadhead, a paintball mark, all that fun stuff. That's where I want to move into the hunting aspect of, of your personality. Can you give, can you tell me about your hunting, your hunting experience, your story, your life? Uh, it was funny. Cause like I said, growing up in Ohio, um, my mom and dad weren't really into fishing, hunting or stuff like that. We lived in Cincinnati. So my uncles, you know, they were into hunting and stuff like that. So I would go up there the weekends toward Lima, which is Northern about two hours North from Cincinnati. Uh, I would stay with them and then, you know, they would out coon hunting and stuff. So when I was little, I'd go on coon hunts. I didn't do anything, but I was just there and like the adrenaline rush as a little kid and you're, you know, it's dark as hell outside and the dogs are going crazy. It was, it was insane. And then as I got a little older, uh, my two cousins, my two cousins, one was younger than me, one was older than me. We were all in between like three or four years. Um, they started shooting a bow. So my godfather, he started, he taught me how to shoot, you know, a bow, a bow and arrow. So, and you know, back then it was, you know, when you pull back, there was no let off. It was, <laughs> you know, the whole time you're pulling back, whatever, 20, 30, 40, whatever you got it the whole time. It's not like it is now with bows. You know, you're pulling back 60. As soon as you get back so far, you feel them engaged and you could sit and hold it all day. So, and it was fingers too. There was no, you know, releases like there is now. But, um, and then, you know, I, I did that for a while. I was in the, you know, doing the whole, con- you know, country style stuff with my cousins. We fished and rode three wheelers before the four wheelers, you know. I'm an older guy and, you know, we'd bow hunt and stuff like that. And then, as I got a little older, I just got into other things, you know, like I said, I raced BMX for like 10 years and I was, you know, I swam competitive, played football. I did a lot of stuff. My parents kept me really active in sports, which I thank God for. I mean, it was great. Um, and then later on, I don't know, probably later in my thirties, I got back into hunting again. I don't, my, a friend got me into hunting again and I just fell in love with shooting a bow again. And I just, to me, there was nothing like shooting a bow. I mean, I've got guns and I like to gun hunt, but most of the time when it was hunting season, I wouldn't even take a gun. Even in Ohio, they're like, hey, it's gun season. In November, right after Thanksgiving for a week, it's, I'm like, I'm taking the bow, man. There's just something about being in a tree stand or in a blind and, and drawing back a bow. To me, it's just, it's just fantastic. So I enjoyed the hunting thing. It was, it was great. I mean, like I said, I've not done it lately. It's been a couple of years, but I've had a lot of stuff going on. Like I said, I sold my house, moved from Ohio to Florida and had to kind of like reinvent myself a little bit. 
um, which is cool. I've always been in Florida my whole life, and I love Florida. I knew eventually one day I would be here. Um, I love the beach, love to go in the pool and be out in the sun and stuff. So, but I know if I ever want to go pick up my bow, I mean, I, I can find somewhere to shoot. You know what I mean? Um, there's plenty of places to go hunt. There's tons of outfitters, and I'm sure I could, you know, talk to some people and, you know, they drag me along. We go hunt. So that's always an option. You know, that's the good thing about America. There's always super prevalent op options for all kinds of stuff. So that's pretty cool. I have, I've, I've had a, a several Ohio guests on my podcast where they hunt all the way up until I have one coming up next weekend and he shot his buck two days before the season ended. Cause now Ohio, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but Ohio now goes all the way up until January 31st. So they go all the way to the end of the month. So and he, he, he bagged it then. But the thing is the way it's so unique is that he has to drive all the way from Maryland, drive all that windshield back and forth and, and just do a power trip back and forth. doesn't have any kids yet. So that's why he's able to do it. His wife is, emotionally independent so he's able to be able to have that time away from her that's the biggest thing like i got lucky my wife lets me do whatever i want like if i want to go to archery shooter or want to go down fishing or go down hunting or do something whatever i want to do if i'm gone for a week 10 days it's like psh, she's perfectly happy she's perfectly content because she's a self-motivator and she'll get shit, she'll get shit done yeah yeah i had a lucky where i was in ohio because the place where we hunted had a we had a camper it was only like an hour and a half away so it was it was great so you know i would work all all week and then um when i would get off work i would go to houston woods which was like 10 minutes from my house and they had a bow range so you know monday wednesday friday i could go down there and shoot 20 40 60 yards just to stay in you know in, in habit and then on the weekends you know i'd go down and hunt down in brown county adams county down there so it was great so but then you know i got divorced and then i moved down here so but you know i still have the love for hunting i still respect it you know it's fantastic i'd still love to do it but you know we'll see only time will tell but you know yeah, I completely understand because that's where I wanted to to talk about later down the road here. But uh, you you get you shoot Athens, and until I until I heard about those bows, I had no idea Athens even existed because here, like I live like 15 minutes from Matthew, so it's like it's Matthews Hoyt PSC Bowtech Elite Expedition. Like my newest bow, my newest acquisition is a, a, a DLX from XBM or uh, Expedition. And the bow behind me here is Elite. I've had that one since 2017. That's what shot that big guy back there. So and then and then I also have well, I never I didn't keep the deer the doe skull that I got because she's like yeah, she wasn't that really that impressive. So I just kind of just heart took the meat off one from there but so tell me like how did you come across athens bow because like i never even heard of them this side of the mississippi you know i when I, my first bow i bought was a bow tech i don't know like five six seven years ago i bought a bow tech used it for a while and you know like most guys that hunt they're like hey it's a new year i need a new bow you know what i mean so i was like and i, I always like to be different i don't know why i'm just weird like that ocd i guess and i just try to be different than everybody else so i was like you know what looking around bows and, and, the, and, you know, at the time that company, Athens is from Indiana. So they were close to Ohio. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's not really, not that I'm making fun of any bow company by any stretch, because I think they're all fantastic companies. I would never badmouth any company, but I just, uh, it was funny. I applied to be a, a staff shooter for them. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to do that and I got that revelation seven and I'm telling you, I love that bow. I still have it. So I let my cousin shoot it. He said it was a really smooth drawback. And it just, you know, and that's not to say I couldn't go shoot a prime or, you know, Matthews or anybody else. And it would be, you know, I'm sure I could fall in love with that bow, but just, and it's a heavier bow, but it's, it's really nice. I mean, it's just, 
after shooting it for a while, you just like anything else, you get used to it. But yeah, I just wanted to be different. And then, you know, of course, you know, when people seen, Hey, you got an Athens bow or hear that, like, you know, it's not really the, the typical bow that you should have, or most people have, but you know, I just got used to it. So it's like anything else. You just more use it, the better you get. And then I just stuck with it, but I mean, they're still, they're still bringing out bows out every year. So, I mean, they're doing something right. Yeah, I saw that the, the, their new 2022s are pretty sharp-looking bows. Definitely, I just have no opportunity. I don't have an opportunity to shoot them. So, but anyways. And the only thing different about Athens is that they're more of a – I'm not going to say a custom. I mean, they are custom. Like, when I ordered mine, I picked out what color I want. I, I picked out what I wanted on the riser. And, you know, I could pick color of string and all that. And, yeah, some companies are getting more into that now, obviously, than they were, like, five, ten years ago. Most of the time, it was like, hey, here it is. That's how you get it. And then you got to do after the fact. Um, I know that Athens is not sold, it's not sold in like big box stores. Um, a lot of big archery stores don't have them, I guess, but I think they're trying to get into the more of the archery, uh, stores. Cause there's a lot of small archery stores in the United States. And I think that's great. I love the little mom and pop stores. I think it's fact. I think it's just like the restaurants, you know, when I go out of town or go out of state, I want to find a mom and pop restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So I like, and I like that too, the, the little small, you know, uh, bow stores or even gun stores because they're going to cater to more personal to customers. And it's not just like, Hey, this store's 40,000 square feet. We don't care what we sell. You know what I mean? So they want to be more, uh, inclined to help out and be more personal. So I think they're, they're going to get there one day. I don't think they will be as big as, and maybe they don't want to be as big as like Matthews or prime or, you know, expedition or one of them, but it's a cool bow. I mean, they got a lot of cool bows. And like I said, I've shot in a couple and like I said, I still shoot my revelation occasionally, but yeah. It's kind of like why I went with the lead because the lead's based out of New York, I believe, or is it North Carolina. No, it's New, it's New York. And I, the guy I, that sold me the bow, Ethan Ford, uh, used to work for Cutter Creek in, in Minnesota. Now he works for Expedition as, a, as their lead bow tech. And I ran into him again. It was like, a, I haven't seen him in a couple of years, but I shot down because that's the one he shot and he sold me on it. And it's like, I like the let off on it and everything else like that. It was a small, it's only 31 axle axle. So it's nice and small to get inside of uh, blinds up in a tree stand. So it's very versatile, which is what I really enjoy with it. And I'm uh, putting new strings on it. I've, I've, this is my third set of strings on it. Cause I just really enjoy the bow. It's very shootable as they like to call it. And um, got all decked out and stuff. And it's like, it's like, it's my old trustworthy. Now I have a, a 34 axle axle expedition DLX and it that IBO is 350, but I shoot aluminum arrows out of it because it's mostly going to be my target bow. So now I got to be more careful because aluminum arrows are not expensive. They're not cheap to find an or they're not cheap, but they're even harder to find because not Easton and most of the big companies don't make them anymore because everybody wants the carbon fiber and all that fun stuff. And I like just the way they fly and stuff like that. And it's just a solid all around arrow, but I'm looking forward to getting out there and shooting that one this upcoming year. And plus I bought it oddly enough. It's like, even though it's a 2020 bow, it is, it's brand new. As, so first owner and everything, but the unique thing about like expedition is that they have a lifetime warrant, lifetime limited warranty on the boats. So and they're, they're one of the very few companies actually has that. I think it's like they're, tr they're trying to have, they have great customer service, which is always a solid win for anybody. I mean, that's probably what's going to like, it's going to help um, Athens bows get to the next level is like, is, is that customer service? Cause if you keep that customer service, like I have a buddy of mine that works, used to work for Gander outdoors and he had a, one dealing with like Kimber's customer service. So it wasn't the most pleasant to deal with. 
Yeah, I know Athens Archery, they really try to do really good customer service. I mean, that's kind of what sold me because I would read stuff on Facebook, you know, go to the Athens page. Because I was like, oh, it's a local bow, bow manufacturer. I'll do that. It doesn't really matter. I think they're got to be good. You know, it's decent. Price point wasn't, you know, price point was right along along as everybody else. So I was like, you know, I'll just buy it. And, you know, what's up? We'll go from there. And then, you know, the site and my drops, all HHA, which I love HHA. I think it's a fantastic yep. company. HHA up there, HHA down over here. And you can see like an HHA, that's, that's 2021. So I, and I love it because they help veterans and all that. And I love that. You know what I mean? Anybody to me, any company that, I don't care what you do. I don't care if it's hunting, you're bottling beer. I don't care what it is. If you're helping veterans or you respect veterans, I think that's, to me, that's a win-win, you know, because I come from a military family. So I wasn't in the military, but my dad, my grandpa, my uncles, my nephew, my cousins. So to me, that's, you know what I mean? Plus, plus. So. Yeah. That's how it was with me. Like I first got introduced to HJ back in 2015. And it was a customer service, like the lifetime warranty and stuff like that. And the manager told me like what, what he gave me a, a true story of what happened with a, a, a customer of theirs and how they turned it around so one from there and then in 2020 i actually got to meet chris ham then last year i got to meet brian ham the both the, the brothers that own it now and um it's it, they've changed my life my the my um how i perceive things how i work uh it's just like who, who all the people i've gotten to meet is is just amazing because you never, I would have never thought my wildest dreams because I, I originally went there to meet my buddies that run the, the Beast Mode Archery game, Challenge, where it's it's CrossFit with archery, but it's it's that, that next level because you have the heart, you have to you go through all these exercises, then you have to shoot your bow, and it's all based off of West, um, out West hunting, and it's not like tack and not like anything, it's its, its own, its own, um challenge and stuff like that and i just went up there to record a podcast with him because it's like hey this is like it was fourth of july i have it off let's go meet up and chris ham happened to be there and it's like we sat down and recorded a podcast and stuff like that and i listened to um all of chris ham's podcast up until that point because now he has his own podcast with hja usa and the honor flight and such and so i list all those that i could find and I wanted to ask him, like, how could I be different than all the other appearances? And I asked him some pretty good questions. And our relationship is pretty cool, man. It's it's pretty exciting. Uh, last year, I got to break bread. He, I invited him to my home and smoked up some pike and some venison. And it, it's like it was just it was a really cool experience to be able to break bread with a, such a, a positive man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing big things, right? Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Big, big stuff. Yeah. My favorite site. Yeah. I got the Tetris single pen. Yeah, yeah, that's that Tetra right there. Uh, my wife's got a Tetra too as well. I haven't got a Tetra for my new bow yet. I just it's one step at a time. And uh, another, like all my companies that I that I represent, part of the Bucks America podcast, from from Toxin to Real People Giving and uh, the Veteran Innovative Products, they're all veteran oriented companies. Like um, Real Real People Giving, they're a coffee company. They're they have two offices, one in Maple Grove, Minnesota, and the other one's in Boston, Massachusetts. But what they do is that they have it built into their profit margin that 50% of the profits go back to helping veterans getting off the street. They have like a kind of like a halfway house type scenario where they, they bring them from streets to there, help them with lawyers and help them get their health in order, dental stuff, and then get them to a launching point again to get them to back to a normal day to day and help them with, with child support or um, getting custody and stuff like that, trying to get all that stuff worked out. And um, Chris and Nate are just awesome, amazing people. Then Matt and Cindy from Veteran Innovator Products. He's a veteran. He's a self-taught aerodynamic, uh, aerodynamic, aer aer 
aero engineer. He's like, he taught himself how to build aero, aero broadheads and on how they fly and stuff like that. And it's like, he's the new stuff that he has on his 22 line is great. Um, we were supposed to be on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but due to, um, he's been battling cancer. So it's like he, it, it, that, that took president. So it's almost like, all right, well, we'll follow, I'll follow with you in about a month or so. Hopefully your, your health. Cause it's like, they were going to Nashville, Tennessee for the, uh, uh, National Wildlife, National Ter- Turkey Federation meetup there. It's like, it's absolutely massive from there. And then also I have my buddy, uh, John Avalos. He's um, ex-police, but he's best patrol nation. He's been on the podcast, but his is all about getting people out fishing and getting getting poles in their hands this way. Then they can, it's just, it's something simple like that. Like my whole podcast about it. And I work for a health management company where we manage um, MEPS, veterans and reserves we ha- we help them through their entire career and stuff like that from start to finish so the, our name is very synonymous with the 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 military community because of our our excellence our strive to be better and stuff like that so and everything that's been going on and getting everybody battle ready to figure out what's all going to happen with um with the um the distraction they have going on right now in russia so oh, yeah yeah, don't get me started on that garbage, right? Oh, right. Oh, it's it, it's just all distraction. Because it's like when you when you hear about George Soros supporting Ukraine, it's like, ooh, that son of a bitch is in something. And it's like people forget, like they they're known for tra- sex trafficking. They they like between twenty twenty or twenty ten to twenty fifteen, just nothing but articles of sex trafficking coming out of there. And, and guess and some of their biggest contributors they give is the Gates Foundation and uh, the Clinton Foundation. So, but that's that's for my other podcast. We won't go we won't go too in deep in that paint on there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we're on the same level there brother you know what right I mean? oh yeah it's like especially when you get involved with the world economic forum it's like you know what's going on <laughs> type scenario I, I love when i when i when i mix whiskey into it i get a little spicy <laughs> get a little turned up oh i do i get passionate about it but the biggest thing is like when you start doing all the research that i have then i can i can i can give you sources all throughout the day but it's like if i can't I, i'm not going to convince you it's like you either have to wake up or you remain sleeping correct correct so um Talk, talk to me about like, cause you, you said in the very beginning that you, you've always wanted to be a graphic designer. And it's like, it sounds like you and I both have the same creativity. Like this is, this is my muse right here. Being a podcast guy, all the, all, a lot of all of the um, art you see is something I created, or I've had collaborations with to get to where I'm at, to help me out, to, to help pick up the main, maintain the consistent process of it. So tell me about your journey. Like what was, what was your pivotal moment? Like when you were young that like, I'm going to be a graphic designer. Just, yeah, like I said, just being little and um, seeing logos and stuff. And then, like I said, when I graduated high school, went into college, got my degree in graphic design, worked at Auto Trader for a while, which was really cool. It was, it was before the internet. So, you know. It's all the, all the, all the big old thick magazines yes. and stuff like that. I remember those yeah. magazines, man. I'm, we're, we're, not that, we're not that far apart. You just have more grade than I do. So then after that, I, I, you know, I bounced around because, unfortunately, I love graphic design, but it is the most, to me, it's one of the most saturated work fields in the world anybody can go to a nine-month course and be like hey i'm a graphic designer i don't i don't believe that but hey whatever to each their own i think longevity i think if you're creative you're created i mean i don't think you can bullshit being a designer and i'm not saying i'm the best at all period um i think i'm pretty damn good i mean i think my resume speaks for itself i mean once i started i don't know like 10 15 years ago i started doing jersey design and i've done it like i said to this day and i still do it um, did a lot of design in the paintball industry for seven, eight years. Then I just had a couple local jobs, you know, working production at sign companies or 
you know, t-shirts and apparel companies and stuff like that. I've always did freelance, always did logos or billboards or wraps for boats and stuff. I've done a couple of boats for some Bassmaster Elite anglers. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is pretty neat. Helped a lot of people uh, start businesses. Like I said, Thomas Teller and his wife, they started a zombie wrecking crew, helped them do their logos. Um, the guy down, Jed, that owns uh, Cousins Paintball in Dallas, Texas, he started one. Because I guess the whole paintball uh, Halloween thing a couple years ago got going really big. So he started Zombie Safari. I helped him do the branding for that. Um, it's just a lot of really cool stuff. And then um, kind of got out of paintball. Not that I didn't want to do it, but I guess, you know, it runs in um, highs and lows where I was really hot for a while. And then it just kind of died off after I stopped playing. And, you know, other other new designers come around and, you know, other things happen in small niches like that. Uh, so then I moved here and uh, before, well, about a year before I, about a year before I moved to Florida. So like say four years ago, uh, I wanted to get into my own brand, have my own brand of jerseys or production of jerseys. Cause I did Jersey designs for, you know, five and 10 different companies all over the world. And I would charge an art fee, but I wanted to do my own thing. So a guy that uh, the, a printing company that I know of, uh, we started talking, and so now I've got a production team, so I started SureShot, which is my own brand. Oh, that is your own brand. I see. I thought the SureShot was always been out there because it is mint, man. The, the, the way you have your marketing, the way the, the layout and stuff like that is just fucking phenomenal because it makes it look like it's been around for years because it's like the amount of quality has been pushed out and like seeing all of your your from computer to reality, it's just flawless. It's really good, high-quality stuff. So four years ago, I started SureShot, and I didn't want to be like all the other companies that do full dye sublimation. They all have a website, and they all have five or 10 or 20 or 30 pre-made what I call cookie-cutter designs. Well, that means you and Johnny down the street can go buy jersey number 15 off the website. Guess what? You both got the same jersey. You paid over $100 for it. Your different colors and different logos. That's not full custom. To me, that's not full custom. So if somebody emails me or goes to SureShotJerseys.com, you're going to get a full custom jersey. You don't, there's not templates on my website. All there is is info, size charts, and a gallery of stuff I've done just to give you an idea of all the different levels I can do or the different things that I can do. But, I mean, whether you're playing paintball or you're an archer, you're a bowler, you throw darts, you know, I mean, you fish, we can do it. You know, that's what the beautiful thing about dye sublimation is it's multiple colors, you know, layering of images and artwork. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Can you explain what is dye sublimation? What does that mean? Dye sublimation. So that's like all the paintball jerseys and the archery jerseys. Those are all full dye sublimation. What that is means when they print it out, they print it out flat. So you've got a front print, a back print, a right sleeve and a left sleeve. Then they trim all that out and then they stitch it all together. So it's not like silkscreen, how they'll just pull a T-shirt across the plate and then they'll run ink across it. You know, if you got four colors, you got four screens. I love silkscreen. Don't be wrong. It's a beautiful art. But the more colors you have, the more it's going to cost you. Dye sublimation is totally different. You know, you could have a jersey design with four colors. Johnny down the street could have 400 colors. Guess what? Same price. That's the beautiful thing about it. So um, in SureShot, like I said, I want to work one on one. Because to me, it's not about money. To me, it's quality over quantity. I, I, I'm not want to have five designers and have 400 designs 
being pumped out every week. To me, I don't, I, it's not about the money. If it was never about the money when I started, I wanted it to be my creative outlet to where I can design. Cause I love sitting in my Mac. I love to create stuff and, and, and get people's input. And some of my, some of my customers have no idea what they want. Cause I always ask, I'm like, Hey, do you got any design input? You got any sketches? You got any color theory ideas or colors you want to see? They'll send me their logos and I'll just kind of, you know, I'll create something based on way maybe their main logo looks or maybe something they've told me that they liked. So I'll create a proof and then we'll just go back and forth until with revisions until we get, you know, they like, Hey, I like that design. We're good. I approve it. So to me, it's not, it's, it's not about, yeah, I could have a website like all these other archery Jersey companies and, and pump out hundreds of jerseys a week. I don't, it's not about money. You know what I mean? It's, it's me being creative. Cause I think, if I couldn't be creative, I'd go crazy. That's just the way I am. I that's a that's a, one of the best philosophies out there because now it's like everybody's going to have their own distinct jersey, not a cookie cutter one. And that's where it comes down. It like when I was in pay, pay, PayPal and stuff like that, jerseys would be 120, 150 bucks, but it's like they would look similar to every other person on the field. And it's like I kind of that's why I never really got into jersey buying buying jerseys stuff because it's like I always felt like like granted it's like everything was the same, but I like, I throw my logos on there, but they're all in the same places. They're, they're not really anything distinct about them. You know, it's like, I want someone that's like, someone who sees me walk in that field, like that guy, that's Vance right there. He's going out there and it's like, somebody's getting shot in the face. Yeah. And there was companies that didn't go wrong. And I mean, I did a lot of Jersey design in the paintball industry and I worked with a lot of companies. Um, and there are some companies that they, they have that motto where they're like, Hey, guess what? We've got 15 designs and here you go. Cause we're trying to pump out a bunch of stuff to make a bunch of money. And I'm not knocking that at all. To each your zone. That's the beautiful thing about life. You know what I mean? The great thing about America. Uh, you want to have a company and you want to make a ton of money doing custom jerseys, go for it. That's fine. I work full time. And, you know, the Lord's blessed me with some creative talent. I want to express that through Sure Shop. So that's why I started my own brand four years ago, just to do my own thing. So, and it was funny too, because I never planned on which way I was going to go, and which niche, but 95% of my clientele is archery. Why? Well, I have no idea, but I think it's great because I love archery anyway. And a lot of archers that I know over the last four years have got to know and added me on Facebook. Really great people, you know, just like you and me. We're just down to earth. Good old boys. I like to hunt, drink some beer and fish or whatever, and just have a good time. So, you know, it's really cool. And it's, it's neat to see how it's grown in four years. That is, that is a very good thing, point of view. Cause it's like, um, I started this podcast. I'd see, 10, 15 downloads, something like that. It's like, I didn't get discouraged, but because I knew it's, it's a long haul type thing. Now I'm on year three and I'm on track to do several hundred list, listens every episode now, which is like phenomenal. So now it's like, once I hit a certain threshold, it's like, then I actually like consider charging like a media package for it and stuff like that. And it's like, that's, that's, but it's not, that's my, that's not my thing. It's like, I, I do this for the fun of it. And stuff like that. And, but then it's like, I, I want to, I want to help others like yourself and all the other, all the other sponsors, all everybody else. Here. I have a lot of people that have their own, all their own brands. They're like, they're brand up brand new a couple years underneath their belt. It's like, I like promoting that stuff because I'm very loyal. I mean, I've been with veteran innovator products since 2015. I, I have not shot any other broadheads since them. And it's just because I know Matt, I know Cindy. I just like, that's just who I am because those two I'm loyal to always, they're the same loyalty for me. It's like, I, I, I have that type of mentality. I think it's the Sagittarius in me. That's like, if you do me wrong, it's like, it's going to be, um, the apocalypse but if you stick with me and do me right man it's like we're we're, we're gonna be the best of buzz because i like to um share 
and like to and make, build each other's spider webs even bigger and bigger because this way then it's like it's all about collaboration i tell everybody that is in the in the um, podcast world it's not about competitions about collaboration because you're gonna you're gonna meet a lot more friends you're gonna meet a lot of new people and stuff like that and you're gonna open you're all the, all the doors are more open than, than if you're just kind of a niche kind of person. Yeah, for sure. And I would, like I said, I would do fishing and cornhole. I've done some cornhole in the last couple of weeks. I've done some darts and, but, and it's funny too, because Wisconsin, I don't know why, for what reason, but Wisconsin, sure shot jerseys is super hot in Wisconsin. I've had a ton of business and there are some of the greatest guys up there. Um, there's one guy he's fought and he's probably purchased three or four jerseys in the last four years. And he tells me all the time, he'll message me like, man, this jersey you did for me four years ago or three years ago is absolutely fantastic. I wear it all the time. I will never buy from anybody else. And I, I think it's great. I know my design works good, but to hear that the product and the longevity of the product withholds and, and stands up to the test of time is pretty blessing too, you know? So that is a big thing. Cause like for, for those who uh, of us that are out there fishing several times a week out there are shooting bows several times. It's like, are, we're, we're not easy on our equipment. That's where it comes down to longevity. And oddly enough here in lacrosse is where we host, I think it's the state finals for darts. Like where we, where they bring in like something like a thousand machines and hundreds of people shoot for over a course of a few days. We have PBR that comes through here, but then also on top of that too, it's like, when you look at us in, in, uh, as a outdoor, uh, company world stuff like we have tactic cam over in, in caledonia we have um nose jammer in winona minnesota we have matthews we have ha up in in wisconsin rapids here in, in uh west or is it home or west Elm, but then we have a um, predator camo so it's like there's a there's a lot of stuff around this parts here you know we have expedition so is lacrosse from wisconsin the boot company yeah yeah it, it once it once was then um danner bought it here decade ago or so maybe even longer than that. But then, then, then Danner got bought up by a Chinese company. So no, no lacrosse boots are made in China, but Danner uh, boots are still made in uh, Oregon. Oh, okay. So okay. that is, and also PBR was, this is his hometown too here as well. Oh, uh, really? One of, one of its hometown uh, PBR is originally from Milwaukee, but uh, the, the new leadership and stuff like that here, I don't know, last decade or so, they moved it out of, out of there and been bouncing around. But yeah, Wisconsin is, one of those places where we like to drink and we like to do a lot of stuff outdoors. I mean, don't be wrong. I love, I, I love all my sure shot friends. I mean, don't be wrong. I love them all. <laughs> and we've just, I've done jerseys for people in France and England and Australia and Arizona and, you know, Wisconsin and, you know, Minnesota and Connecticut all over the United States. So I just, it's really cool. And plus it's neat to see like large organizations, you know, they'll every year I've got an organization in uh, Virginia every year he, he, for his little school or whatever, he'll place, you know, 42, every year boom boom hey we need 42 more jerseys so it's really cool to see that the people are loyal or after one year they're like hey we're going back to this guy because a we like to design the price point and the jerseys held up so we're going to keep using him so i think it's a real good thing i love it i think it's fantastic i have a friend of mine his name is dan schroeder and he does uh s3da here in wisconsin and the the i went to one event i went to nationals last year they had close to 75 kids out there shooting and everybody had custom jerseys but it's like uh, that'd be the person that I, I might have to reach out to him and find out how, like, how people buy their jerseys and stuff like that because see when i when i first saw sure shot i thought this was somebody else you were working for and designing jerseys for them this is your baby this is your yeah, that's my baby yeah that's my brand yeah i started four years ago i said you know what I, I'm, I'm really tired of 
I love doing design work. So, so, I mean, I love doing Jersey. So I was like, you know, I'd have people contact me like, Hey, I want to do this. I'm like, okay, well, what Jersey manufacturer are you using? So I'm going to charge you an art fee for my design and my time. And then I'll get the template ready or the design art file ready. And I'll ship it off to, you know, Raza, if it's paintball or HK army or, you know, planet eclipse or whoever, you know, and then I was like, you know what? I ain't going to do this no more. I want to do my own thing. I want to create my own brand. So yeah, four years ago, I started sure shot. Yeah. So Man, it's, congratulations. It's been, it's been growing for you nonstop. Yeah. Now you, uh, you started a new job. What are you doing now? <laughs> I was driving trucks for two years, semis. Um, I love it. It's a great time. Uh, it was not really what I wanted because I think it kind of took away from time, um, from running sure shot. So as long as I can pay my bills, you know what I mean? And have some free time. Cause I don't care. I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not out here looking to try to be a millionaire. I don't care. That's the last worry in my life. As long as the Lord blesses me enough money to pay my bills, a little bit of time to go out and have fun, enjoy myself and have also some time to, you know, do other creative things like whether it's run sure shot or go out and shoot a bow and have some fun. Um, it's, that's, what's really important to me. And the last job I enjoyed it, I was delivering beer. You know, I did it for a little over a year, but it's just it's super rough. On, I'm at 46 years old. Now, I was delivering between five and 700 cases of beer a day. That's rough. Yeah, you're, you're real sore at the end of the night, and then, like, then it takes away from your passion. So, yeah, so it was rough on me. So, uh, so I broke away from that, and now I am working for a dealership here in uh, Jacksonville. Awesome cars. Uh, yeah. So, but the salary that they are offered, they offered me to come on was uh, better than what I was making. So it's a, it's a good dealership. My buddy's been there for a long time and uh, it's a nice place. Everybody's super cool. It's no hassle. I mean, there's no commission. So when somebody comes in to talk about a car, I don't feel like I've got to come on, let's go, let's go. Cause I got to get paid. You know? And so it, they've taken all that out of there. That is nice. Cause I did car sales for like three months and it's like, it was not for me because it was, it was grinding, pushing for that. Yes. It was all commission based and it was, it's just rough. And it's like, it wasn't my type of, type of spiel because it's like i'm it's like all i'm looking at you as dollar signs not as necessarily as a uh, uh as a long-term customer type scenario because i was new i was the low man totem pole and on top of the two we were like the second poorest county in iowa so i was like pulling teeth to try to get, find something that's a, above a uh, 600 score credit score so there was a lot of a lot of uphill battles that it's like this is not for me i mean i know there's gonna be some challenges i mean i've been there for like two weeks but everything but everybody I work with at the dealership is super awesome and super uh, helpful. And, and I'm a, I'm a people person anyway. I mean, at 19 years old, I own my own business. So I've always been into sales or, you know, talking to people and all that. And I have to talk to people when I'm selling jerseys or, you know, um, working with them to get, create their design. So, I mean, whether it's on the phone or through email, I mean, I've always been talking to somebody. And even when I delivered beer, I was talking to people, whether it was people in the store or the managers, the customers or the managers or the other employees at the store or, you know, people at my warehouse. So, I mean, talking to people is not really like not in my forte or my wheelhouse. I mean, I'm not public speaking, but um, I don't really think I have a problem talking to people. And, and like I said, if they would have said that it was like commission based and, you know, that was, if that was, if it, that was the hustle, then I would have found something else. Cause I, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to um, push something over on somebody. You know what I'm saying? So, Oh yeah, I get it. But I mean, I want to, you know, I, I generally want to help somebody get a nice vehicle, you know? So if they need a nice vehicle or they want something new or want to make a trade in, I definitely want to help somebody out in that aspect, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing where you don't have to feel that overbearing pressure. Like, 
okay, I got to sell four cards today, you know, or, or I'm not going to be able to eat tonight or, you know, it's how it was probably five and 10 years ago. Oh yeah. It said that, well, even still some dealerships are, are exactly like that. No, have you, no, is Florida being able to have consistent inventory? Cause I mean, I drive around here between Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Illinois, like the inventory is slim pickings. Oh, there's a lot of dealerships in, uh, in Jacksonville. I mean, probably because of the warm weather, maybe, I guess, I don't know, or just the, uh, population i mean jacksonville's a huge city right yes it is so i mean i i know i know at my dealership we have like 160 cars on the lot wow man most of the average here is like maybe 20 25 if you're lucky yeah we have 160 and we get cars we have cars come every day they deliver cars every day or at least two or three times a week they're bringing in a carrier with some cars that new, is impressive yeah with new inventory but you know it's it's tax season. So, you know, you're selling, you know what I mean? You're selling, you're selling, you know, quite a few a day or whatever, or a week, you know, so I'm sure it's, you know, in a couple months, it's going to slow down, you know, it's not going to be tax season. It'll be vacation and wedding season and all that. So yeah, that's very true. Yeah. It's going to slow down a little bit. It's just like anything else. You know, when, when we had the tanning salon, it was, you know, you got peaks and valleys, you know, it's just like any business, you know, you're, it's going to be really super busy and then it's going to get slow and just, uh, you know, whether you run a restaurant or, you know, a wedding store or whatever, I'm sure that almost all businesses have them peaks and valleys. Oh, yeah, exactly. There's a there, um, there's a uh, restaurant in Jacksonville that my buddy took me to, and it's a barbecue place. Now, they're, they're, it's well, – I was looking up on Facebook as I added them on my Facebook page, stuff like that, but when I dig for it, but it, the, the amount of meat they give you and the food you give it, it's just astronomical. It's like, I'm a big dude, and I like to eat. And I actually came over leftovers, but it's like the two or three meats, like platters, stuff like that. They're granted like 17 bucks, but it's well worth the money. And uh, their barbecue sauce is they're all original and such, but it's just, I, once I find it, I'll DM you the, the website page and stuff like that. And you got to check it out because it's, because it's over kind of like the ritzy part of Jacksonville, like on the outskirts of it. I'm not sure exactly where it is. I think it's like the South. I know Bono. I know Bono's barbecue is very big in Jacksonville. I don't think it's that one. It's it's. I know it has a big old rooster in the front of it. And it's uh and uh, it's. I think I think it's roosters barbecue or something like that. I mean, Jacksonville is a very very big. I've only been here for almost two years, so I've not seen every square inch of Jacksonville. You know, so it's a very big, very big, wide out city. So that is so true. I like I like Jacksonville. It's very nicely laid out, and it's got a lot of room to grow and such. So it makes uh, makes a uh, a joy, enjoyable place to go check out. I know I have um, my uh, my good friend's uh, daughter lives out there. Her husband lives in Jacksonville. They, they were both ex-military. They bond, they trauma bonded over an IUD type scenario when they were they, they went over the litter box in the beginning and such. And then then they just things went from there. And they are great people. They all type scenario because she works for a um, Wounded Warrior program. Because uh, granted, like when Warrior went through a, like a rebranding issue, they had dealt with some bad actors with the organization, but now they've rebranded it. They've redone some really great work for it and actually really focused on it. And they've kind of set the, the leading leading aspect of helping veterans go through the process, especially when they're when they're cycling out and becoming a civilian again. They do a really good job of getting them in their mindset ready to be in civilian life and getting them ready for their, their next stage because – it's unique in how, like, if you if they don't have that type of um, uh, 
communication with somebody to help them cycle out and get them ready for civilian life, it can be very dark. Cause it's like, I've talked to a lot of veterans on my podcast that, that once they got out, they hit the bottle hard. They were taking the, 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 the VA cocktail. And it wasn't until like either archery, paintball, fishing, one of those type of three activities that got them in the sun, getting them some vitamin D that really kind of changed their whole outlook on how they were, were, change them from going to the grave to actually building a very illustrious career and and have a following there's a did a podcast with the guys from the the veteran archery project out of tennessee and a lot of those guys went through a similar um, process where they got introduced to archery and that pulled them out of the gutters from being alcoholics and like saved them for it like granted we here we are drinking uh um but we're we're we have a sense of control on how we want to balance it out because it's not going to be someone like some people that's how they the uh go through it and it is traumatic oh yeah well i've never you know like i said i've never been in afghanistan i've been in the, you know went through some of the stuff these these uh men and women in the military you know so i have a heart for them and i i, I will i will say this so i die i think that this nation needs to do more for our veterans absolutely 100 you should check out rich graham's um Full Spectrum Warrior. It's based there in Florida, and he. And it, this is this is if you want to. He's an ex um, Navy SEAL. I actually had a podcast with him here a few years ago, or two years ago. Guy is down to earth, knows his shit, but he teaches classes, and, and he only he caps them about five or eight people. He doesn't want too many. He wants to be able to be able to address everybody's questions and provide them accurate information. He's got great staff for it, but they they do they do long they do long range sh- uh, shooting, they do topographical maps, they do navigation, water nav, all that fun stuff. And, and the, his price tag is not that unrealistic for for a high level class because I mean because they, they, they have them one two three. Like, you know, like the 100, 200, 300 level classes, but there you can, you can do a lot of uh, growth with the whole process, especially like if something were to happen. But luckily for us, like, you know, Ukraine proves our second amendment is why we need it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We all, yeah. And that's all right. It's been all right for a long time, right? <laughs> exactly. Don't break something that doesn't need to be fixed. I, you know, that's the funny thing. It's like when we work with technology companies and stuff like that, they're always breaking things that don't need to be fixed. It's usually somebody gets in the position, they want to leave their mark, and it's like their ego's destroying something that's like, why did you change this when it didn't need to be changed? Right. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this is we've we've talked a lot of a lot of powerful conversations, a lot of different topics here, dude. It's like, what do you have planned for this upcoming uh, summer? Because it's like you're rolling into the gorgeous day. Well, Actually, I don't, it depends on how you look at it. It's going to be either really hot for you or just perfect for you. Oh, I'm good. I, heat don't bother me. Heat does not bother me one bit. I'd rather be hot than cold. That's why I'm here and not up in Ohio in the snow. <laughs> oh, that's, tired how, of it. that's what it was for me and two in Arizona. I wanted some place where I didn't have to deal with snow. And I was down there for a better part of a decade. It was great. It's like I might retire back out there again, but I won't retire in Phoenix, but I'll like retire on the Mogollon Rim or something like that, where I get the little bit of chilliness, but I'm not dealing with like feet of snow. So yeah, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to hit the good stuff. I mean, I've already spent a couple uh, weekends at the pool and stuff. So I got a pool where I live and we're 15 minutes from the beach. We go to the beach quite a bit. We like to, the group of my friends. We'll go to St. Augustine in the week on the weekends. I love St. Augustine. St. Augustine is fantastic. I mean, I love history anyway, just the ruins and the, the, the forts and all that. But we like just to go down there and, you know, run amok on St. George street and hit all the bars and stuff and just, you know, unwind, have a good time. But Plan on doing a lot of jerseys too this year. <laughs> that's a that's a good look at. Have you been to uh, in Tampa? There, it's um, what's it called? It starts the Y. 
Uh, it's it's what the, it's a it's an old Cuban type of settlement. What's oh, it called? Um, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's where they have all the roosters running around town too, as Ybor? well. Ybor? Is that how you pronounce it? Ybor? Ybor. There we go. Ybor. That's it. Yeah. Ybor. Have you been Ybor there yet? City. No. Ybor City. Well, I don't know if I've like been there, been there. I've, when I drove a truck, I know I, I've touched almost every inch of Florida driving a truck. So I've been in Tampa quite a bit. So, um, But a lot of people say you, there's a lot to do as far as restaurants and bars just to go down to Ybor City. So I would like – we actually were just talking about this the other day at Hooters, me and four of my buddies – we're actually going to go to go to Tampa for one of these weekends, just, just run wild in Tampa. So it's not football season, which I wish it was, because I'm going to go see my Bucks this year. We're going to go watch Tom Brady again this year. So Yeah, I heard um, that he, he resigned today. I knew he was coming back. And then we were just talking about this at Hooters. All my buddies were like, you were, you were right. I figured he would come back. Call it a hunch. I was hoping he'd come back. I mean – I've been a Bucks. I've been a Buccaneers fan since '89, so I'm not no okay. fair weather fan. You're, was, yeah, you're not a fair weather fan. I get no, you. I, I could name Buck after Buck. I was there before the, you know the Super Bowl in '02, and you know, but Derek Brooks and Mike Allstott, the work done. They're all my favorites. Shelton Quarles, Warren, Warren Sapp. Sapp I when I was in when I was in school, man, Warren Sapp was like one of my top, like next to Randall Cunningham. Those time, those guys, those those defensive guys, those were my idols because those guys were just fucking tanks. Yeah, so I could sit there and name hundreds of Buccaneers players. So if like somebody at Hooters one day was like, Oh yeah, I had my Brady Jersey on. He's like, Oh, so you're a Brady fan. I'm like, hang on a minute. If you want to sit here for a minute, I can give you about a hundred Buccaneers. But, uh, so yeah, we're going to go over there on the weekend. We're going to go. That's one of our plans to go to Ybor city. And there's a, just, there's a lot to do in St. Pete, Clearwater, Tampa. So, and I love, I love the West coast of Florida. It is really nice. I went to when I was, cause, um, my company, opened up a branch there in Brandon. And so they, it was a month paid ex, uh, workstation essentially. Cause me and one of the other guys, we, there was a few nights where we cut, we would be on the night of the town on payday and it'd be four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. We had to be at work in 90 minutes. So it was one of those like uh, burning both ends of the, uh, at the both ends of the candle there. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, Ybor City is—it's a whole different standard thing, and it's like great place to find good cigars. If you're a cigar man, oh, dude, dude, I know, I know, I want to go. But then the Cuban, you know, food and all that. So there's a lot of history there. So I, I can't wait to go. You know, I really want to go. So we're gonna—that is our plan. We just talked about. I want to go to the Salvador Dali Museum too. So Ooh, I thought that'd, that'd be fantastic. Because I went to St. Augustine when I was in Jacksonville. That was really cool. Got a bunch of pictures. My buddy was taking me around through all that stuff because he lived down there for a period of time. And it is there's a lot of history in Florida and stuff like that. There's, I think it's I think it's the home of the the oldest city in America. St. Augustine is the oldest. Uh, yeah, oldest city. Then that's where the Fountain of Youth is. Oh, okay. See, I always thought it was in in New, in New Mexico. Is because oh, Santa Fe's Santa Fe's an old city too, as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I think Santa Fe's. I think their history goes back seven hundred plus years. But I think Saint Augustine goes back thousand plus. Yeah, Just Saint Augustine's of, the oldest city in America that, I, I, as far as I'm aware of, and I know the Fountain of Youth. Like I said, that that's close to the fort down there, right off the Lions Bridge. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, I've been to the fort. That's really unique area. The, the amount of history and stuff like that. I almost want to like go out there and like just um, scuba dive around those wrecks just to kind of experience that. Yeah, St. Augustine's great. So that's why I love Jacksonville because you know I can get to St. Augustine in twenty five minutes. I can get to Tampa in two or three hours. I can get to Tallahassee to watch my Seminoles play in two three hours. So I mean, it's it's fantastic. You know, we flew to Miami last year. We went down there, me and my buddy, for the weekend. 
We watched the Marlins play. The flight took 45 minutes. It's fantastic. We were there. Yeah, we were in Fort Lauderdale. We were at Hooters at, on the beach and, and after we left here within an hour. Oh, that, that is that amazing. It's like when I lived in Phoenix, like if I want to go to Vegas, like we just look at the flights and it's like Southwest is flying 45 bucks for a one-way ticket. Like they were there. We're there. That's going to be our our plan to go to Miami every year. So we got, you know, one at least one trip to Miami planned every year. So it's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Words where, you know, it's like, I am not going to be a responsible adult this weekend. So do not expect me to be on a certain yeah, level. We had a good time. We, we, Marlins, Cincinnati was in, the Reds were in town. That's my favorite ball baseball team so Cincinnati Reds yeah I'm a Reds fan yeah yeah my mom and dad got me brainwashed to be a Reds fan ever since I was a little kid if it wasn't on the radio it was on the TV so you know college football and pro football I like Florida teams but you know Major League Baseball Cincinnati Reds so and I got to meet Pete Rose down here yes a couple weeks ago yeah I saw it on your on your Instagram absolutely and I was in heaven I was in heaven Charlie Hustle is my favorite ball player. Pete Rose is absolutely amazing. I, the only two Reds jerseys I got in my closet are Pete Rose. So when I seen he was signing here in Jacksonville, which actually was at a mall, which is five minutes from my house. Nice. So, yeah, it was a no-brainer. So here I'll show you. I had to, I had to go get my, uh, my Pete Rose base. That is, that is pretty cool, man. That is pretty legit, dude. Yeah, that was the uh, off-the-bucket list. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like uh, my 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 all time bucket list was to meet Joe Rogan. Did that twice. Got an autograph at one instant. Uh, then I meet uh, Joey Diaz. I like that guy. He he is kind of like the one that really kind of pushed me into doing what I'm doing today, like being the podcasting, being the outdoor world and stuff. Like he says, like just it's a great day. It's like get out there and do it. You know what I mean? And like I'm not going to be as vulgar as he is, but God, he's hilarious. He is absolutely hilarious. Very underrated. But then I got to um, then now I'm going to meet Dr. Jordan Peterson in May. Oh, that'd be sweet. Oh, yeah. I actually paid the extra money to do a meet and greet. And it's like, oh, I've seen, okay. I've seen you talking about that. Yeah. I like a lot of my stuff on my, my Instagram reels. I utilize a lot of his philosophies because it's like I've reached to a, a certain level of my personality in my life where his, his philosophies are lined with mine about like the God and Jesus and being, being more than yourself, you know, and, and, and just trying to be the next level that you could be being, being the net, the next person better. Cause I look at, it, it's like, I'm only in competition with myself and nobody else. And that's like, and listening to some of his, I like, I've, I've listened to a lot of his podcasts. I mean, it's like, if you want a PhD, like he is our Socrates, I compare him to, because it's like, I've, I've seen Dr. Gabor Mate in person and he's a phenomenal guy too, but it just, it, it's like, he doesn't, I don't resonate with him as much as I do with Dr. Jordan Peterson, not because it's like he does all of these publicity stunts, but it's like, he's out there putting himself out there. And he stands up against it. Like listening to his hierarchy, when it comes down to how totalitarianism is going to be the end of the of the world because of the one world, one world order type aspect of it. And it's just like, I've been listening to his podcast nonstop and trying to figure like, what is it? good question to ask him because but right now since i kind of know the writing on the wall it's like i'm trying to figure out like what is something that we should look i want to ask him like something that we should look at as a population control or population change to be being looking out for when things are start turning like making that downward turn to the end of civilization because the reset of the matrix is going to happen soon maybe in my lifetime it may not be in my lifetime but the matrix is going to reset soon oh yeah there's definitely some um some bad stuff coming 
I definitely, I definitely, we can definitely agree with that. Correct. Yes. So oh, we yes. some bad stuff coming. I mean, it's already in the works, right? Oh yeah. It's been that way since 2018 plus. Right. So the step by step by step, you know, you can almost see the writing on the wall, but you know, a lot of people got their head in the sand. So it's like, and I'm not saying I believe in everything that's conspiracy, but I'm not stupid enough to believe that there's not a group of people that want to control certain things. You know what I mean? I mean, it happened in the thirties and the forties, right? Exactly. And they say history is, I have a buddy of mine. We're on the same page. It's like, we're talking like we're right now following the script of the twenties. And if Archduke Ferdinand, which would be Zelensky gets assassinated by the world economic forum, Putin, uh, we're going to be, that's going to be our, our start of the world war three. And then going from there, but um, Andrew or um, Pike, Andrew Pike from uh, the, the Masons back in, uh, uh, he was talking about like the next one will be a religious war. So, That'd be yeah, well, he three. talked about three world wars, and that was back in the what twenties or teens. Yeah, no, that was the eighteen. It was it was right during. It's either before or after the Civil War, and he kind of nailed it down, like how we talked about World One, World War Two, and like the way he described it thirty years prior to or thirty to forty years prior to the outbreak of the of the World War One and World War Two. It's like it's just it was uncanny, but it's like his whole philosophy would be between Christianity, Judaism, and Muslim. And it's like, but our biggest thing will be against the Muslim and Christianity religion fighting back and forth and such. I couldn't it's remember like, what year, but I remember he did talk about three world wars way back in. So that just tells you, you know what I'm saying? That, that just tells you that there's some stuff that's been planned out. There's there's a script we're following right on schedule oh, for it. Yeah, for sure. So, but you know, that's, you know, just have to ride it out, make the best of everything, right? You know, that's exactly right. You know, buy buy uh, those little shot glasses for barter and trade and ammunition. There's nothing, nothing wrong with barter and trade and ammunition. You may not have a 350 legend, but, you know, somebody might have one. Oh, yeah. I always buy ammo as much as possible. I keep buying it, you know? So. You know I, I've even had a couple of good conversations with um, Alan, uh, Al uh, Quackenbush. We talked about reloading. And there was a three-hour long conversation. And we barely scratched the surface. And then I, the next week's episode will be um, with Shea Butler, uh, SBK Knives, and he's out of St. Charles, um, uh, uh, Illinois, and he makes some high-end knives. I mean, the, these are the, his philosophy is to make sure that these will be uh, heirlooms, family heirlooms. They're, they're, that he wants to, ha- he, that's his his idea of each each knife and stuff like that. And they're yes, exactly, and, and they're high quality. You know, it's like and he said, it's like I'm the only one ever used one of his. Like I have a, a pursuit knife, and this is designed for EDC, and I actually used to butcher and I butcher up a deer. And he's like, dude, he's like, you're the only one's ever done this. Like, dude, it was a, it was, it was like a glove. I mean, it worked just perfect. It was a scalpel, able to to cut out the the sack, cut out the certain the, the the hair, get right to where I need to be. I mean, it was. I couldn't. I like. I had a longer knife. That's I use typically use for larger animals, for like a, like a larger buck or a larger doe, because just because of the length of it. This one, the doe was like maybe two and a half, maybe three and a half years old, and it didn't need a. It was it was not the right tool for the situation. And it's like, well, you know, I really like this knife. I want to see how this performs. I mean, it was flawless. As long as it's sharp and gets the job done, right? Oh yes. Oh man, it's razor sharp, dude. It is razor sharp. That makes your job a lot easier. Oh yeah, exactly. And the way he designs his blades are specifically to to go through multiple uh, animals without being sharpened, and that is a beautiful philosophy to have. Because some companies like these throwaway knives. I'm not a fan of them. I don't think that's that's very wasteful. I can understand you could probably get the materials cheap enough. I get it. It's great. It's a great budge honor, but 
the ones that really take their hunting seriously, they're going to get, they're going to get something that's going to be lo- longevity, something that can pass down and go from there. Well, and plus, if you got the, if you like the feel of a knife, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're doing your thing and taking care of a couple of deers every year and you like the feel of the knife and the way it works, you're going to want to hang on to it. Right. I mean, why would you want to get used to something and then get rid of it? Cause it's garbage. And then you got to get a new knife and it's going to be a different feel and a different way. You know? So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Spend the extra money. Get something that's worth a damn and that you're going to keep around. So what? You got to reach sharper. That's all right. Oh, yeah, exactly. So now are you going to get are you, since you're down there in Florida, you know, you're going to take advantage of some hog hunting down there. I would love to because, you know, shot. I've shot deer with a bow, shot turkey with a bow. I miss turkey hunting, but there's some pretty turkeys down here. The Osceola's. Oh, Dude, man, that is that. And uh, the pretty um, turkey, the Rio, the Rio. Rio. Those are those are my. If I hit those, I can retire. If I shoot two of the one of each of those, I'll retire from turkey hunting because they're just absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah, yeah, they're pretty. They got some pretty colors on their on their feathers and stuff. But yeah, so I would like to. I would love to hog hunt. I've had I've had wild hog before. It's pretty good eating, but it would be fun just an arrow a pig. Uh, my cousins came down here a couple times. He's from Ohio, but um, it's probably been a number of years. But he came down here and he had told me some stories. Uh, gator hunting and i've seen his gators and just you know he's kept the the cape and it's not really cape but you know what i mean he kept the skin or whatever you want to call it skin or whatever but uh i think he used an ar when he did it but i would like to i would like to arrow a, a gator if possible i'm sure you can you can i have a buddy of mine that's and as a professional taxidermist i mean he produces some beautiful work he does everything from giraffes to 200 class bucks all the way down to squirrels Whatever, whatever you want, and he, yeah, and so he, he, he aired one here. I think it was three years ago, four years ago, down there in Florida, aired one right because you, when they come up with the water, it's like you got to get him on the side, right underneath, pretty much right into the eye socket, and get him right, get him right that way. And he aired it nailed, dead on the spot. So it was still, it's either eight or ten foot gator, so it was still pretty big. Yeah, so I, I would definitely want to do that. And actually, you know, deer hunting is relatively cheap if you cheap if you go to an outfitter down here. There's a couple outfitters that are close and it's relatively, it's not super expensive because I'm not going to just traipse out on public land down in Florida. I'm not because we have rattlesnakes down here. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's cougars, yes. there's black bears. Oh yeah. There's even the Florida Panther too, as well. There's still sightings of that coming around. Yeah, I get it. So it was, I got Ohio. I didn't give a shit. I would traipse around Ohio woods all day long. <laughs> I'm not worried about a bobcat or a fox or a coyote. Snakes weren't even out when I'm deer hunting because it's too damn cold. Down here, whole different animal. You know, I'm call me a sissy or whatever, but I've just never done it. Maybe after I've done it a while, then I could probably do it. But me never been out in the woods of my, you know, down here in Florida myself, probably not just going to just start jump out and doing it. You know, if I knew some guys I would go with, that'd be a totally different scenario. But yeah, I think it would be fun. I, I'm definitely not like, hey, I'm going to quit hunting altogether ever. I mean, I love hunting. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I think it's a, it's a great thing. Um, if we didn't hunt, think how many animals would be in all of this United States. You wouldn't be able to drive a car. There'd be deer everywhere. And the best part is too, is like, we're, we're technically in the good old days because of our, 
our grandpas and our great grandpas through their sacrifice in thirties, forties, fifties, all the way up until the nineties and stuff like that. We are now officially in the good old days of hunting for, for Turkey, for wild pig, for boar, for, excuse me, pig, um, whitetail, along with, um, coyotes, black bears, all this fun stuff. And then eventually I, it, it's it, the biggest thing is dealing with the antis because I've listened to a few podcasts with, um, the sportsman Alliance and the way they describe it, it's like, if you if you try to ne- negotiate with them, they're going to take a mile. They're going to take everything possible. Like you look at California now, Arizona's trying to they're trying to go after all predator hunting. So that'd be wolves, coyotes, uh, bears, anything anything that has te- anything that eats meat. But it's no different. It's conservation. If we didn't take care of these animals and and hunted, it'd be everywhere. Could you imagine trying to drive around and there's no whitetail deer hunting or blacktail hunting deer hunting? They'd be freaking everywhere. You wouldn't be able to drive a car, it'd be deer fucking everywhere. People, when I lived in Ohio, were hitting deer already. So could you imagine if you take out the hunting aspect altogether? It'd be ludicrous. Yep, that is the biggest thing. That is one of the biggest things that the, that, that the, uh, the West is dealing with right now because now they're even trying to take lead off of public land too. And it's like, you got to understand, like when, when, when the people bring these bills to thing, it's, it's all the main target is to eliminate hunting because they want everything. Like, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the, the FDA approved CRISPR gene edited meat gmo meat to eat now and that is it's like this is not good this is not good at all especially when you find out that bill gates is the world's largest farmer at about 269,000 acres but also on top of that too he owns a lot of land in nebraska which has some of the world's largest aquifers spring waters and stuff like that. because if those who pay attention to the futures commodities list water is on the stock market why is water on the stock market it shouldn't be, but I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 absolutely crazy. I just think it's it's the stupidest thing on earth. I mean, there's nothing wrong with conservation. It's funny how politics and hunting come into play because it's like because like the unique thing is that you have the Republicans. They're pro gun, but they want to get rid of public public land. Then you have the left. They're they're pro environment, but they want to get rid of hunting. But then again, that all goes back to Agenda 21. So that's a whole rabbit hole there in itself. But it, it's 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 very dark what what's all going on and like. Unique thing is like I'd like bringing up like the previous like when they brought up the Pittman Robinson Act in the 1930s that got passed within 90 days. We could change all the stuff we got together, but the now thing is like we have too many Disney fanatics that believe all all bears are cuddly, wuddly, want to hug. It's like you you want to talk to a business end of a bear, you'd be coming out the the rec, the, uh, the uh, waste management system in, at the end of the conversation. Yeah, black bears are mean. Oh yeah, black bears are far more far more uh, dangerous than grizzlies are, which is weird. It's it's like when you when you listen to like Steve Brunello, Rebbe Warren, those guys like that, because these guys have all encountered them at one point in time, and, and they it's it is very very dangerous. I mean, uh, there was an eleven year old two years ago, just fifteen miles from me, shot an eight hundred and fifty pound black bear. This bear has been roaming the earth for thirty plus years, well, plus or minus thirty years. Now, I see black bears when I go to my mom and dad's house. They live in central Florida, okay. which is about two hours south of me, and I'll go down by Daytona, and I'll cut across. Yeah, when I go through the Ocala National Forest, occasionally I see black bears roaming around right off the highway, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even here, even here too, it's like, so what, what, here in Wisconsin, it's not uncommon for a hunter to carry a sidearm with them when they go out in the field. When I hunt, when I hunt here, like, we have wolves, we have, we have mountain lions, and we have, like, the cats I'm not too worried about because at least with those guys, they'll go for the juggler. Dogs, wolves, and bears, they'll start from the ass and go up. It's like, I want to at least be able to, if I can't survive it, I want to at least put a, 
put a bullet in the brain dome here. So this way I'm not feeling, feeling start from the legs up. I always carried a sidearm, even when I hunted in Ohio, I always carried my, my, um, firearm on my side, regardless, you know I mean? I know I had a bow, but still, you know, you never know. You can find you a coyote and they, if they're packed up, you know, they can get pretty brave. Oh yes, they, yes, they can. I had, uh, my wife and I were hunting here a few years ago and we had one come within 40 yards. I watched him come in and he saw us and it wasn't until he recognized I saw him. I, I gave my wife the, the, uh, the spotting, the, the range finder. So this way then I can, I already had an arrow knock. So it's like, I'm just waiting for him to stop. And for her range, I can just draw back and let it rip. Cause few years ago my eyes were much better than they are now but it's like now i have a, a, a 4x magnifier on my hha site so this way then i could see better because that can i put it on and i put it against one of my targets here in my basement i could see it clear as day, clear as day it's like man i should have got one of these last year right right yeah so yeah but yeah i enjoy hunting so yeah i don't know we'll see well i mean I try to keep busy. I'm always, I don't know. I'm just a busy person. If I'm not at work, usually I'm out running with my friends. I mean, I got a great group of friends. I love them to death. Um, we're always out doing something. And then, uh, you know, and then if my downtime, I'm, you know, I always, I always find time to sit here at my iMac and do design work. Cause it's just something I love to do. I'll do it in the morning before I get up, make my breakfast and I'll do a couple hours and then I'll go to work, come home, do a couple more hours sometimes. And, you know, on my son, on my Saturdays and Sundays when I'm off, I'll be over here for a couple hours and crank out some stuff. And then, I'll go out and play and be a little wild, you know, <laughs> you, I have fun. You, you work hard, play hard. And you want to, you never know when your last day is going to be on this earth. Exactly. That's my point. Yeah. Not too wild, but you know, just wild enough. So Travis, like we've, we've come to a, a good point in time and I'm looking forward. We got it. We'll, we'll pick this up again here in the future, but so we got uh, sure shot.com, right. Is where, where people can reach out to you to, to customize jersey right uh sure shot jerseys jersey.com okay and how else can people find you on the interwebs facebook and instagram same thing Uh, sure shot jerseys yep pretty much perfect guys so there we have it thank you travis travis for coming on the podcast man it was it was absolutely a blast reminiscing about the the old days of playing paintball and then hunting and stuff like that dude thank you for coming on i appreciate i'm glad i finally got to meet you brother me too me too All right, man. Take care of yourself. Thank you.